This is episode 170 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gellner. Women are being called to lead with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each week, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my extraordinary women friends. Happy October. I invite you to pause and reflect on that for a moment. What a year we've been through, right? Yes, it's nothing like we've ever been through before, and we still have a journey before us. And at the same time, I'm guessing that you've had some pretty special moments in this year that you're extremely grateful for. So pause in those as well. Perhaps moments with special people in your life, moments of achievement, moments of making a difference for another, and all the disruption of this year and all the unexpected happenings, there is good. And I invite you to celebrate that. For me, when I pause in these questions, I'm grateful for more time with my husband as we worked just down the hall from each other. I'm grateful for special time with close relatives and the small circle of connections that I was able to make over the in real life over the year with my family, with my dear friends. I'm grateful for my circle of clients, some whom I've been able to see in real life and some have been just virtual. Some of them have been in small retreats and some of them have been in VIP gatherings. Um, it's, it's been a good year for my clients. And I'm grateful for all the, the things that they're doing out in the world, making a difference. That's something I'm super grateful for. I'm grateful for this podcast and the many women that I've been able to connect with here and the many podcasts I have been able to join. That's been one of the funnest things of this year is being on other people's podcasts. I'm grateful for the virtual stages I've been able to join, and I'm grateful for my Extraordinary Women Ignite event that is coming up November 5th and 7th, and the amazing lineup of speakers who will be joining me. These past few weeks, as I've just been back from vacation, have been spent putting together the foundation of the first virtual Ignite ever. Well, this is the sixth year of hosting Ignite. It is the first virtual Ignite. And that in and of itself has opened up so many opportunities for people to join us from around the world to try, for me to try new platforms and new ways to create connection and engagement. And speaking of grateful, I'm very grateful for the team that has formed around me to make this the best damn virtual conference that's out there. I'm smiling as I think about all that's unfolding. It's going to be super exciting. The flow of this, the way it's going to, we're going to be creating engagement. And as an extraordinary woman with big things to do in the world, you should be there. Anyone who has been to Ignite before knows that there isn't another conference like this. There's more connection. There's more real strategy. There's more listening to your inner wisdom. There's more breakthroughs that occur at Ignite. All the details are available over on my camigellner.com forward slash Ignite. And I hope you will join us. Today's guest, Nicole Trick Steinbach, will be there. Nicole is one of my dear clients doing big things in the world. She is a global executive career coach and change management consultant helping women in tech level up their brave. She is a former global senior director 
has served in companies like SAP and has worked in over 25 countries around the world. Nicole innately understands and lives the skill of bravery and the joy of failure. She was born into a struggling single parent family and with a speech impediment. Now she's financially secure and bilingual. Nicole helps others around the world build their own bravery so that they can turn their dreams into reality, like accepting executive roles, relocating internationally, doubling their income, and thriving in the career of their dreams. She's doing amazing work around the world in her coaching practice. Let's meet Nicole Trick Steinbach. Well, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Nicole. It is so great to have you join us today. I am so excited. I've been listening to your podcast basically since it started. So this is exciting. (laughs) Well, and I have been watching you grow your business and you are so inspiring. And it's, it's just so much fun to see you all around the world out doing just amazing things, impacting people, helping them step into their brave. Um, you just should be so proud. Oh, thank you. I, yes, I am. Thank you. Well, you've built this extraordinary business serving women in tech helping them find their brave. And you've been on virtual stages around the globe this year. I mean, I know they would have been live stages, but you went, you had to go virtual with the, with this crazy year and yeah. you've been on podcasts all around the globe and you've got clients around the globe and you've hit six figures in your business in a year, which is just, it, that's, that's so inspiring. Um, what's your biggest lesson in this crazy year we call 2020? I mean, this is, you've been, you've grown this business like this in this year. And I think it's really important for people to, to realize that we, you know, we can stop and we can, you know, step back and wait for this time to pass, or we can just jump in and go out and serve. And that's what you're doing. So what, what have been some of your biggest lessons? Oh, thank you for saying lessons. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, which one? Um, so a little bit of an infomercial, um, definitely get coaching, join a mastermind. And I had the advice and I grant this to everybody listening, that you want to find a place where you're welcomed and uncomfortable. Mm. And so I got coached by Cammie Gildner and I joined the mastermind. And I even went on this horse weekend, which I was right. very <laughs> suspicious of. It was amazing. Um, yeah, so that that was a piece of advice that I got from every single person I talked to about going out on my own. And it definitely was just crucially important to listen to you, you know, 10 years ahead of me in this journey, at least. Um, And then women who are starting, who uh, women who have struggled and learned and can share that. And also women who are so nurturing, but also very challenging. So they, they really push and challenge. And that, that sounds interesting as an excuse, Nicole, but, and that has been just incredible for my growth. There are things I would have never thought of and walls that I didn't have to scale. Um, so that's been amazing. So that's definitely the first, the second one is to fail. Oh, I love that. (laughs) just screw up. It's going to happen, you know, get it over with Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then 
fail again. Um, so the, the example that I use a lot of the time when I speak and, and, you know, people think failure, like, Oh, I, I didn't get paid for services that I did, or I broke a law or something crazy huge. And that's not what I mean. What I mean is I started going out onto LinkedIn and putting what seemed to suit at the time. And then based on, you know, how I felt about that post, maybe two days later, maybe two weeks later, or the conversation that it drew, I realized, oh, that's not actually what I meant. That's not what I wanted to say, or that is what I wanted to say. And wow, did that kick up a storm, you know? Right, right. So you started to see where conversations could really place and what engaged people. And that probably shaped your messaging, I'm guessing. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. So at the beginning, um, because I have been called fierce throughout my entire life, mm-hmm. at the beginning, that's what I was talking about because for me and where I come from that, that just feels very real. And I didn't understand because I have a global business. I didn't always understand how that would translate, even though I looked it up. I didn't look at it enough. So that was a foul, but also learning. And then the other thing is a lot of native English speakers have this idea of a warrior that if you're fierce, you go to war. Right. 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 And in reality, what I actually meant was brave. Mm-hmm. So what the difference is between a warrior and brave? Yes. So being fierce for me feels like kind of firing up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that external image of being fierce, of being a warrior, right? Because you're a warrior to or a warrior against something, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. So you're a warrior for the environment, you're a warrior against the environment being ruined, right? And bravery, can it can definitely be external, but in reality, it's a lot more that internal work. Right. And when... I got to, it was this huge moment of, so when I, I know I'm in the right place, when I start to tingle, right? Like mm-hmm. oh. You can feel that all in your body. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so and that gives the, me goosebumps as you say that, by the way. Right. And, and even in the scalp, it's like, Oh, and that's exactly how I felt. Um, I, I posted this, um, I posted something on LinkedIn, which is my main channel. And it got into this conversation and moved over to private message, which is where a lot of the actual activity on LinkedIn happens. And we were, this woman and I were going back and forth and having a great conversation. She's like, actually, that kind of feels like bravery. And when she said that to me and I said it out loud, it was like, oh my gosh, that's absolutely true. And what is so funny about this, Cammie, is that my husband had said to me, I think that's bravery. <laughs> like, oh, isn't it funny? Before. Our husband's see things, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, he was right. So I now tell him that that he's the reason I talk about bravery all the time. But yeah, so that is the fail piece is it will, if you let it, you'll always learn. Right, right. And it took a lot of courage to, I mean, so, and and I watched you from the very beginning getting on to LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, You now have LinkedIn Live. Originally you were, you know, you were uploading videos. So congratulations on getting LinkedIn Live. I know it's always a a big win when when somebody can can gain that status. And the reason you got it is because you create really interesting conversations on, on LinkedIn. So what what makes for interesting conversations? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's such a good question because 
it's being real. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of my lessons from this whole year and why I've been so successful. Mm -hmm. I experienced this in my corporate space as well. The more me I was, the more success I had. Yeah. And on LinkedIn, I don't, so, you know, there, there are some people who look at, um, they have an app and it shows them what is trending. And then on that day they go and they start a conversation about what's trending. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of power in doing it that way. And if that's working for people go right mm-hmm. for me and the interesting conversations that I'm in are definitely about things I'm truly engaged in you're living you're living in that experience in that moment exactly and that are a little bit kooky sometimes yeah no I've seen you do it and it's it works so beautifully yeah it's because I'm kooky (laughs) (laughs) and you're owning that part of you right you're owning that that gift of you to to be a little Mm -hmm. bit kooky and to be able to say guess what I can step into this and I can own it and I can share it and be vulnerable in this moment and let down the walls of protection, which you have to do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's so cool. I love it. When tell everybody a little bit about your corporate background, cause I think this is really relevant to this conversation. You've worked all around the world. How many countries have you worked in? Um, over 25, which is just amazing. That's yeah. totally amazing to me. So you've worked in over 25 countries around the world. Yeah. Um, you, you've been in the world of tech for many years. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I fell in love with being in tech when I was a secretary at the University of Pittsburgh Computer Science Department. Mm, I I love that. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes. So I actually, I don't play video games. I am not someone who's like, oh, there's a new version of whatever phone and I run out and get it. Um, But what I do really enjoy is being around people who look at the world differently, who approach conversations differently and problems differently. And that was my first experience of being around primarily tech people. Mm -hmm. And I found it at first, I told my best friend, I'm like, I'm not going there. I don't fit. It's uncomfortable. It's da da da. And then she reminded (laughs) me that I was earning like $15 an hour. And this was in the nineties. Right. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm going back. And and then it just, I realized I was being stretched and I fell in love with being in that space. And so, um, I, my original plan was to actually Actually teach English to refugees, which is something that is very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I graduated right after September 11th, and there just weren't jobs in that space at right. that time. It just they essentially disappeared. And my then boyfriend said, "Well, I'm going to Germany for eight months, max two years. Would you be interested?" And I was like, oh, eight months. That sounds great. So I lived there for 13 years, <laughs> got married to a German fella, had two kids, a mortgage. And, um, and I started working at SAS. So I did some, um, actually English teaching for a while as that was my first business. It didn't go well, fail, fail, fail. And then, um, I worked at SAS, which is in business intelligence. And that's where I started traveling. And my boss just for some reason was like, Oh, Oh, we have someone who's sick and can't do that. You know what? Nicole can go up. And he gave me this printed list of questions and that's all the prep I had. So I went up to the Norwegian oil company, which Uh is 
you know, not a small deal. You're right. And I was 25 years old and I had never been to Norway. I didn't speak any Norwegian. I never thought I would be there. And I was just going question by question by question. There was no flow. It was just like, okay, question one is blah, blah, blah. Question two is blah, blah, blah. And, um, and that's how I started traveling around the world. Thank goodness. I was young and I had a sense of humor because <laughs> we survived and I kept doing it. And that took me a bunch of places. And then I worked at a company, um, SAP. And, um, yeah, and it's the world's, I think it's now the 18th most valuable brand in the world. And I worked there for 12 years. I started in communications and, and this is one thing that I love sharing with younger people or people who are looking at a horizontal move is I started asking myself the same question over and over again. Can we change better? Can we change better? Can we change better? Because we were constantly changing things and it was always painful. And that's how I got into change management. Mm. And management, I kept traveling. I got to stand on a lot of stages and I messed up in every way you can imagine, including calling the CEO the wrong name. So I'm awesome on the stage now. <laughs> and, um, and then from there, I got thrown into coaching. It wasn't my choice. I wasn't certified. I wasn't trained. This is the worst of all possible cases. And I still was effective and I loved it. Yeah. And then from there, I just continued to build the skills. I never got bored of building the skills. And now I'm ProSci certified. I do coaching um, through, I have Ericsson, I have a European education, and then I also have the SAP coaching certs. And, um, and I'm just looking for the next opportunity to grow. Yeah, yes, that's, that's my background. <laughs> yeah, so that's so cool. And how did you, how did you get to the point where you said, okay, I'm going to leave the safe corporate world because there is a safe safety around working for you know a brand like SAP and having taken gone yeah. down a pathway within an organization like that 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 was so so valuable to you. How did you make the the okay? I'm making the 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 leap. Yeah, that is, that's a good question. Um, there were so many different pieces of it. And so the, the few that I like to focus on is I never, so first of all, SAP is a great place to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I know a lot of people that work for them. It's just, yeah, very supportive. And, um, and I said that I never got tired of building the skills and, I got bored by the problems. I had been at the company for so long because it's always a pendulum, right? Life is a pendulum. Everything's centralized. Everything's decentralized, right? And I had been facing the same like growth of problems. And I realized that I was looping back. And I, I just, I was in a meeting with someone who I'd worked with for over a decade who really believes in me. And I was like, okay, well, you know, team, project team, just make the decision and let me know. And I, I'll do the whole change plans. And we end the meeting and my phone is ringing as we're ending the meeting. And it's him. And he's like, you need to leave because you care about the decision. You care about the what, not just the how. So that was huge. It was huge. Right. But SAP right. was the foundation of my income, but also my community and um, so much of my public identity. So not my heart identity, but my public identity. Right. And I did therapy before I left to prepare myself for the shift. Which I, is really important, right? Because yeah. you had, you had why, why did you choose to do therapy before you did? I mean, I, I think it's brilliant. Yes. What um, was the, what was the, the call there? 
So I was a global senior director, so I got a lot of confidential information and I knew that there was going to be another round of severance packages. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was like, oh, I could accept that. And then my second thought, just spontaneous was, oh my God, I can't leave. What would I be? What would I do? What would right. I do? Because we own those titles and the exactly. the, the responsibilities and the people we be, were yeah. in community. I mean, we, we wear those. I, I totally get it. Oh, yes. And it was that fear and I refuse to live my life in fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, okay, I then this is a moment where coaching isn't going to cut it. Cause this is really like back deeper family mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is going to be very important for me. And it was actually through that and through continued conversations with mentors and sponsors and, um, friends that I realized I was going to risk it. And I actually got offered a pretty amazing job and I turned it down. I stepped out of the process. And I'm pretty sure I made multiple family members cry when I did that. But it, there was something in my soul that that said, peacefully, calmly, we're going this way. And this right. is going to be okay. And we don't know how. We know what. And we're going to, we're, it's going to work out. And it, it, it absolutely has so far. And I just, ha- I am deep hope. Um, as the Germans say, I'm deep hope that it will continue to work out. Yeah. So, so many moments of your own personal bravery that you've just shared here. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the fact that you decided you actually wanted to go do that internal work first to, to, to maneuver through that, because I I'm guessing that that's a part of how you teach people to be brave is by helping them tune into this internal work that we have to do. What, what, first of all, what does bravery really mean to you when you think about it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, yes, I do. And I've actually turned away a lot of um, money because the person didn't need coaching. They needed therapy and I pretend I'm a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you being able to, 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 to know that distinction, can you put words to that? Yes, I can. So therapy is, um, is going to help me and help others with a set of beliefs that go back into past relationships, experiences, et cetera, to help me resolve that and then set me up for coaching, which is reestablishing, making those choices, and then putting them into action inside of the mindset that you have, the feelings that you have, the relationships you choose to have, is that forward moving. Now, of course, when you're in coaching, you're going to talk about your past experiences, right? It's right. Only- hard stop. Right. Um, but when it comes to addiction, right, which is a symptom of trauma, mm-hmm. the symptoms of trauma is something that in my situation, I would not, I would not try to be therapeutic on that. But if someone is already dealing with those past experiences and they're ready to look forward to those new beliefs, mm-hmm patterns of behavior, right. then that's a great time for coaching. I mean, not with me because I support women in technology who are building global careers and their bravery, but with another coach. <laughs> right. Well, and what, what I think is what you're, what's important here is, is that you're identifying that sometimes we have these limiting beliefs that, that are behind us. Yeah. We need to set free. 
yeah. before you can step into this next part, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, the fact that, that you experienced that, you maneuvered through it, you help assess, help your clients assess that, you know, yeah. and then, and then help them when they're ready. I think yeah. that's, I think that's really, um, mm-hmm. so important to look at it. So how do, so yeah, let go of the, the, we've done the work to let go of the, those threads that tie us to the past mm-hmm. and you're ready to start looking forward. How do you help your clients build brave? Yes. So the, okay. So to answer the question around what is bravery, bravery is doing what is right for you. So disappointing everybody, but yourself. Mm. So, you know, for example, sometimes being brave is not doing what you're supposed to do. So I was supposed to become a VP and then an SVP and then a corporate officer and then no, 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 right? Right. right. You've brave. been setting your whole career up for that. Exactly. Right. And, um, and being brave is choosing not to do that. And then a few years later realizing, oh, okay, I, what I, what I'm going to choose to do is something completely different. Yeah. Um, so it's all about, you know, just, it's okay to disappoint everybody else, but do not disappoint yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then how do I help people? Well, I'm a bit kooky. And so based on tons of research, it's like, it's from ProSide to Cotter to, um, the European psychiatry associations, um, surveys and all of these things that I worked with many years. I've put that together into a fun, simple action focused framework for how to build your brave. And it has three parts and there's no right way to start and there's no wrong way to start. But the first part is all about clarity and I call it, um, tell it to your dentist. And so it's about being so clear and so specific about your goal and where you're going. that even when your dentist has you in the chair and the hands are in the mouth and they're talking to you and asking you questions, you can describe where it is that you're going. Right. Yeah. And you don't just tell your dentist, you tell everybody else as well. Right. And, and then, I think that's a really important part of it is that you're actually setting the, the vision of what can be by yeah. giving voice to that. Yes. And in an, the, the advanced level of that, of course, is in doing it in a way that people can help you. Mm, yes. Okay. So if someone says, a lot of my clients will say like, well, I want the next promotion. Okay, cool, cool. So what exactly is that promotion? By when? What are you looking for, you know, by influence or authority or, um, you know, money? Do you want to globally relocate, et cetera? And the reason that that information is, um, is really important is that if someone says to me, I'd like a promotion, my answer is okay. But if someone looks at me and says, I'm looking to become a software architect in the cloud space within the next two years, and I'd like to be at headquarters. Well, I know someone at headquarters I can connect you with, right? Right. The more specificity, the more people can actually respond with, oh, I have this opportunity. Right. And there's this whole brain piece that the more specific something is, the more people can plug in like a puzzle and get more active. So it it triggers activity in the other person, which is really, really cool. 
Yeah. So the second part is to learn it like a kindergartner. Hmm. And this, for me, it's the most fun because this is where people realize how much agency they have and how massive change actually happens with tiny little steps. Right. Right. And so the way I describe it, especially when I'm on um, stages is, you know, you think about the kindergartners and, and how small they are and they're doing the monkey bars or they're thinking about it. The first time that they're exposed to that, they tend to break into two camps. So we have on one camp, my son, who's the older one. And he kind of like, he walks up, he looks skeptically, he watches some kids try it and then he tries it. Mm-hmm. So he, he learns first and now that he can read and he can use Google, he tends to research and then act, right? So he's learning and he's acting. Mm-hmm. My daughter is the exact opposite. She will run up to the thing, hasn't even seen it yet, is leaping forward, <laughs> letting go of reality. She usually fails and then she looks up and she learns, right? Yeah. yeah. And so whichever one is fantastic, what's important is that you get going, you keep going and that we acknowledge it's a spiral. So it's mm, I like that. Yeah. So when people say to me, but I keep having these interest interviews and they're not going somewhere. It's like, really? What have you learned already? Right. right. What kind of connection did you deepen the connection? Did they introduce you for, to somewhere else? Cause it's not about a finish line. It's about that full spiral. And you're always, mm, you're always on that journey. Yes. Yeah. Journey. Yeah. That's great. That's a great word. Mm. And then the third part, honestly, this is where most people spend the majority of their energy and their mind space and their heart space, especially is called own it like a boss. Mm. And this is the resiliency and the consistency and the new habits and the relationships, which is usually a huge part. Which relationships are really supporting you? Which relationships do you need to identify for the future? And which relationships are here right now to strengthen? Mm. And, and then, of course, habits take time to change, asking different questions, speaking less or more in meetings, et cetera. So this, um, this own it like a boss, yeah. I, I love this because it's, it's stepping up and really stepping into the game, right? It's, 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 it's that. And I think what is coming to mind for me is how you have owned it like a boss in this year. So can you give a couple of examples where you have really had to own it like a boss as this entrepreneur versus in the corporate world in your own, in your own journey? Yes. <laughs> So I have had primarily, um, primarily people who identify as men mm-hmm. attempt to negotiate me down to less than 50% of my fee. Mm. And you're really good at sticking to your fee. I know this. Yes, but it comes by hard learning, right? Because I right. was totally underpaid at the beginning of my corporate career. And uh, when I say totally underpaid, I mean like over 60% underpaid. Mm-hmm. Was- yeah, it was painful, mm-hmm. uh, but data is important. Right. So um, in those situations, even when I didn't have income coming in, I still said no. Mm-hmm. And I said no with confidence in my voice and a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. And I actually lost the contract because there were people who were willing to go down really, really low. Right. Um, 
And I cried afterwards and I was convinced I'd done the wrong thing. (laughs) And then I called someone that I really trust. And I just said, I did not mess up. And I need you to tell me that I didn't mess up. She goes, you didn't mess up. (laughs) I was like, okay, so here's the story. And she's like, girl, you didn't mess up. And so that's an example of owning it. That was really hard. Um, Going on to my first podcast was, I love podcasts. And I had put podcasts up on this pedestal. And so my voice was so shaky that she actually said, hey, you know what? Let's just start over again. Let's just turn the recording off. Let's just have a conversation and connect as humans. And then I could go. But to own it like a boss in that situation was to say yes to the podcast because she found me over LinkedIn talking about fierce and brave and the difference and the growth. And then also being so humble to let her to accept the offer right with she was so generously giving to me right and and letting her coach me through it it was it was just incredible yeah that's awesome examples yeah those are great examples and and i know that some of your clients have had amazing breakthroughs and results having worked with you through this own it like a boss perspective can you share like a story or two of you know where where your clients and i know there's the ones that are coming to mind for me are the ones that have really you know upped their their earning levels because of the bravery yes I, yes, I am so excited about this. So I love money. I'm just going to be really open about that. But I also love when other people have money because I genuinely believe that we all, we, the water, the, you know, the tide comes in and we all, our boats rise. Mm-hmm. Being that up um, and keeping the progressive moment going is very exciting for me. So I actually haven't shared this story yet because I only found out about it yesterday. Oh, okay, cool. So, I'm off the I press. Was, I was on a call with a client, and when we first started working together, everything was a maybe, an um, or perhaps, uh, you know, it was it was um, just a lot of searching, big, big growth, and a shift in understanding of what was possible for her and what if it's possible, then does she want it? That kind of conversation. And she had been offered a job on, I believe it was like March 4th. And then we all went into quarantine um, and she couldn't go back to her home country. She was stuck here. And in this job that she had been planning on leaving and then the other job disappeared because of um, the quarantine and the economy, et cetera, et cetera. She didn't give up. She kept going. And, um, she had been offered a senior level job at a pretty small company. It was about, about 3000 people, if I remember correctly. And she just let me know that she accepted a director role, a global director role at a leading company that we all know the name of. Oh, that's, that's super cool. So she, she was really able to grow and expand in, in the kind of role that, that, that she was at. Yeah. And she increased her base salary by a little over a hundred thousand. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Which took my breath away. I was yes. like, wow. <laughs> That made that investment in you very worthwhile. Oh yeah. Oh, good point. Okay. Yes. Yes. This is is your coach going, hello. Oh my gosh. What's the value you just brought to her? 
And that's her base salary. So she, because she's a director level, so she's going to have bonuses on top of that. Exactly. And potential for stock if it goes, um, that's awesome. Goes public. Yeah. So the other client I'm very excited about, and this has just happened in the last couple of weeks, like maybe six to eight weeks is that, um, she has wanted to go global and has been very scared and definitely has the skills, absolutely has the languages. She's European, but she's also very close to her family and mm-hmm. has been torn. And that has shown up in the interviews. And so a num- throughout her career, a number of tech companies have offered her the chance to join them in the country she's in. Because they they want her skills and her personality is fantastic. She's so calm. And they could feel the tension of moving globally. And she kept accepting them. So when we started working together, she's like, look, I just want to get my goal. (laughs) I wanted to do this since I graduated university. This is what I want to do. And um, a couple of weeks ago, as soon as visas are possible, she's actually going to move out of the European Union. She's going to be a flight away in a country of her second language. I believe it's her second language. It might be her third um, as an architect in a pretty cool space around um, AI and robotic learning. So it's very exciting. And it was about that belief that so quality time is her love language, right? You can uh-huh. still have quality time and not live in the same village. Right. You can still be connected to your culture and not live in the middle of Cava or Carnival or Mardi Gras, whatever we want to call it, yeah. uh, et cetera. So, so those are the two I'm very, very excited about. And what I love about that one is, is that she gave voice to what it was that she wanted. That's like telling the, telling the dentist, right. It's telling people what you want and owning it and stepping into it anyway. And owning it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and, and owning it to a point where the person across the table is like, yeah, of course that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not, and letting it be your brave, not worried about what other people are attaching to it. That's that's really good. Yeah. 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 So what concrete steps can our listeners take from this conversation today and really Mm -hmm. to start amping up, raising up, if you will, they're, they're brave. I love that. So I have two. Yay. <laughs> I can never choose. I have two. Um, so the first one around learn it like a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. What I would love is step into a week, just, just a week of a learn act, a piece of your learn act spiral mm-hmm. every day for a week. Don't no expectations. Just see what happens. And What I have seen and what I have heard from so many different cultures is that everyone is shocked at how far and how much more confident and more committed they are after just a week. And explain the learn act piece. Step into that. So let's take our um, let's take our example of the last client that I was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So a learn for her was well. I can, I can reach out to some of the hiring managers originally or the recruiters and ask them, what, what told you that I was hesitant to actually move? What did I do? What did I say? And that would be a learn. Mm -hmm. And then 
act would be writing, writing down the opposite. What is the confident, right? And then the learn for the next day, as an example, would be, hey, say that in front of your mirror and experience what that feels like when you say it confidently. Mm. And, then, and then and then go act. Exactly. And I'm just even putting this into the terms of an entrepreneur. You might stop and 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 hear some reflection back to you from a, you know, that really resonated with me today, what you spoke about, what what that message was, and then to go act with that one step further the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes for the really high achieving clients that I have, because my clients have already had success and mm-hmm. now it's getting that next level. Um, sometimes the act is slow down. <laughs> Take mm, an that's so important, right? <laughs> Read a book, plan a holiday and then actually go on the holiday. Yeah. So it can also be, it doesn't always have to be more. Sometimes it's do less, have less, take care of yourself, learn out of that. And then, yeah. And you have to be able to receive that learning, right. To be able to even acknowledge if you're going so fast, you can't even see what that learning is. You might just blow past it. And if you're pausing to just say, what am I learning today? Mm -hmm. And how might I act on that learning that that's, that's where, but you have to pause to feel that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yourself. And then the second one from own it like a boss. And, and these two, these two questions are so powerful, but please don't do them more than once a week because they're exhausting. If people, I've had people try to do it like every single day and I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) be nice to yourself. The first one is what opportunity is is there and you're not grabbing it. What opportunity is there? So many people just had a name pop up in their head because it's someone that has shown interest in mentoring you and working with you and supporting you and being supported by you, being your mentee. Um, What is that opportunity? What's that relationship? What's that negotiation? What's that habit? What is there that you're not taking, putting your hand out and really experiencing? I like that. Yeah. And the next one is what obstacle is there that you need to address? Okay. Again, a lot of people just had a name pop up. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And being aware of what, like just with that simple question, how something can pop up for us without even, you know, just that little short prompt. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's important to do these and it doesn't always have to be exactly those words, but this concept of like opportunity, obstacle, benefit, um, disadvantage, et cetera, to do it regularly, but, but also giving yourself space to respond. If it was an easy opportunity, you'd already done it. If it wasn't the obstacle, you'd already addressed it, right? But those are the ones that if we take those, those big leaps that can really help us catapult forward as well. Catapult is the absolute correct word. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So why do you, why do you love women in tech? Why is that your focus? (laughs) Because I was one for so long. So I started off, like I said, as a secretary and I was the woman in the room. Yep. And then I was a consultant and I was frequently the woman in the room. And as I became more senior and as more and more years went by, there would be more women in the room. And then I was the woman who had responsibility, who had the budget, who had the personnel. Right. 
And then as the meetings became more senior, again, I was the only woman in the room. And the reason that that bothers me is that I am a human and I would like to see all humans. Um, I'm a mother and I want to see my son and my daughter in the rooms that are calling them. But also every single industry which means essentially our world runs on the spine of technology. Yes. Before COVID, people would say, mm, now everybody gets it. <laughs> yeah. everybody gets it. <laughs> what would we be doing without technology? I mean, if you think about what would we have done 10 years ago when we didn't have access to all this technology, it would have just been, um, it, it, it would have really crippled things. So we've got to be really grateful for technology yeah. in this year. Yes. And now imagine if every identity, every culture, gender, sexuality, generation was a part of making those core decisions Mm -hmm. about design, investment, implementation, um, coding, et cetera, et cetera how much more opportunity would we have? Because, for example, ability. People who have hearing loss, significant hearing loss, mm-hmm. are living right now almost like it was 10 years ago. Right. Because most software doesn't, nobody thinks about that. Right. Because who's making the decisions? There are two identities who make the vast majority of the decisions. It's the white straight male from yep. North America. Mm-hmm. And it is the Mandarin speaking straight Chinese man. Right. And, that's and, and imagine how things would be different if we open that up um, from a yeah. design perspective, from a user interface perspective. I think um, that's definitely the opportunity that's in front of us to, to really create more of that kind of diversity. Exactly. And so that's why women in technology, I can speak to it. I know the feeling intimately and it's the first step towards full representation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally get it. And I I think that's, and I, I think that's why I'm so passionate about women's voices because it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing. I've sat in too many rooms, the only female back in the executive days and, and, um, you know, I think the opportunity really to shift things in our world is going, you know, I believe that women's wisdom is, is, is going to be the medicine that really heals our earth. And so I love that you are really focused in on that area. Thank you, Cammie. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people learn more about you and your business, Nicole? So for the fun, kooky, thoughtful, insightful LinkedIn. Yes. Come on over. Um, Definitely follow. Also send a connection request. um, If this is interesting to you, please do let me know that you found me on Cammie's podcast. Um, And then I do have a website and my name is quite long. So I took the Nicole part off and it's tricksteinbach.com. And it's Steinbach with a C with a a CH at the end. CH at the end. That's right. Yeah. Surprisingly, nobody had taken that one. It's very interesting. (laughs) I love it though. No, no, no. I am literally the only Nicole Trick Steinbach on Google. Yeah. Very cool. 
that. That's and awesome. I love so you're trending. I'm trending. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's totally awesome. So what the final question I always ask are what three pearls of wisdom can you share with our audience today? I know you've given us a lot of really juicy ones already, but let's, let's hear three more. Okay. Um, so because I listened to your podcast, I had a heads up for this one. I got to think about it for a while. Um, so the first one that I just always, always, always go back to is know your values. Mm. I was born in Southern Ohio to a single mom and I had a stutter and there were all of these ideas about what was possible for me. And one of my values was growth and curiosity. That has never changed. Other things have changed, but the value of growth and curiosity and and later in life, it became also fun is crucially important and know them and live them. And when you are in those spaces, life is better. It's just better. So know your values. Um, experience the joy of failure. (laughs) That's a good one. It really can be a joy. There's no faster way to connect with people, to learn, to practice humility. And then um, people are generally kind when, when we are open to that, right. When we're open to sharing those stories. A hundred percent. I mean, the CEO who I called the wrong name, there was this millisecond of annoyance on his voice, on his face. And then he walked onto the stage with this, you know, great smile, put his hand onto my shoulder. He was standing next to me. So he didn't put his arm around me. Put on my shoulder. That was important to him. And he just said, well, look at that. That's what's happening when we fail fast, fail early, learn and move on. (laughs) Incredible. Like, wow. You know, Mm -hmm. and then, um, the last one and this encapsulates so much and it's different for different people is do less, have less. Mm, Yes. I like that. Finding that minimalist approach to living life more lightly. I just Mm -hmm. was on that um, whole summit series with Heather Artema and it was about just living life more lightly. And I love that concept because otherwise we carry so much with us. And if we can live more lightly, I think that there is a, a beautiful way to just feel differently in showing up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. That's very good. Well, Nicole, it's been such a pleasure and such an honor to share your stories. Thank you so much. Thank you for being part of my community. Thank you for all the amazing things you're doing in the world and the women that you're impacting around the world. And um, I'm just super proud of you. Oh, thank you, Cami. I'm so grateful to be a part of your great community. Hmm. We do have a pretty darn good community, don't we? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We have fantastic horse as well. Mm. Oh, that's that true. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much and you have a great day. You too. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you ready to raise up your voice, your visibility, and your business? I invite you to join the conversation in my Facebook group, Extraordinary Women Connect. This group brings together changemaker women entrepreneurs who want to elevate their business or impact. It is a place for powerful connections and collaborations. It is a place to be inspired, uplifted, and fired up for action. 
To learn more about my work that helps women entrepreneurs make heartfelt connections to mindful growth strategies, visit my website at camigelner.com. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.